sitting around Mm -hmm. and hanging out together, drinking. But we have some incredible ladies on with us tonight to tell us about an incredible woman from history. And it was great because we didn't have to do anything this week. No, this is the easiest episode ever. <laughs> we didn't have to read a book. We didn't have to. We hadn't, I didn't even look at Wikipedia. It was oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> this is perfect. I did a little bit of Wikipedia, but just um, yeah. pictures mostly. Yeah, I just I couldn't this week with the uh, I feel like Wikipedia is in one of their fun drives right now. And I always feel so guilty being on there. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so it was nice having a break from. Can you give us a dollar? Yeah, of course. So what we would love if is if you guys tell us who you are, tell us about your podcast, and then we're going to just dive deep into another incredible woman. <laughs> I won't say anything about diving deep into an incredible woman. <laughs> we're going to talk. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> We're going to talk briefly (laughs) about a woman. I'm so sorry. We're a lesbian podcast, so um, (laughs) we we are, I'm Ellie, and this is... I'm Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just dying as I come. (laughs) We are the co-hosts of Sweet Bitter, a podcast all about Sappho, who is the original lesbian. So it's all about her life. And there's actually quite a lot of controversy surrounding her, which we will tell you all about. Yeah, so we have done our entire podcast on Sappho, and we're just going to give you like the high level, high level points in this podcast. All right, great. Yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> impressive. It really is. I don't even think I could do like an entire podcast about like Marilyn Monroe and her <laughs> life is insane. Like, <laughs> so it's really impressive to me because that that sounds hard. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot to do. And we will say Lisa and I are the co-hosts, but Elise is the other part of our team and she is our researcher. Like it's so she... good. I have such a big page of notes from her. Like we don't do any of that either. Yeah. She... <laughs> Elise just does it for us. And then we read it on the podcast. Like we knew all along. It's so good. Yes. Highly recommend. Yes. Highly recommend. But we have, you know, we we're a very good team. Like Elise gives us all the information like recommends people that we should talk to and then we talk to all kinds of Sappho experts translators papyrologists um people so many papyrologists so many papyrologists we've had like most recently we've been talking about the scandal that's involving papyrology which has been really exciting we'll let you listen to the podcast to hear all about that Uh, (laughs) we won't cover that this episode it's like we did a three-part series on it it's just it's so bananas you would never think you would never i'm gonna say i've never even heard that word (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) so is that like like study of like papyrus like really okay good yes the study of papyrus (laughs) yes the study of like Old, paper old paper yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah, you got that. context See, you know, clues you know things <laughs> i may have gone to christian school and said a little latin oh <laughs> yes. uh, you're not emotionally scarred for life by that or nope. anything <laughs> <laughs> so let's first you know this is an audio format and the yes. people that are listening to this they they don't know what sappho looks like no and they're busy what are they doing they're taking their own deep dives into, into women. Into other women. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they. I know it's good for them. Yeah. And this is what you're listening to in that moment. And we, you need to get a visual. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> on our show, we say that we like to get physical, physical. physical. Okay. 
We want to know what... You don't know what you've started. We're both singers and like, do not... Do not make us... Don't make us... Do not... So what are... What does Sappho look like or what do people think she looks like? Paint a picture for us. You want me to take this one, Lisa? I do. I'm, so, I, you're so good at painting a visual picture. So, so um, some... The thing is, we don't really know what Sappho looked like. We really only know sort of what she looked like from some paintings. She's almost like a mythical creature. Like, she is a real person, but, like, we... She gets confused with mythology a lot. But she was Greek, so she's from... Um, she was, well, she's from the Isle of Lesbos. And so, you know, she would be seen in a toga with, <laughs> with a lyre. She loved to play the lyre. It's like... Um, it's like the or the a small harp? a small harp, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and surrounded by women, pretty constantly, um, and that's what she looked like. Yeah, I think that different people say she looked different. She definitely had darker features um, because Greek, I guess, but we don't really know. That's interesting. Like the one I always think of her is the picture where she's got like the pen up to her mouth and like holding yes. that book. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, "That's Sappho," but then other people I think have used that picture for other a different poet. Yeah, I feel oh, like we used it blasphemy. for a different poet. <laughs> I mean, it is supposed to be Sappho, but like we said, we like don't really know exactly what she looked like because she lived so long ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, but we can probably assume she was surrounded by women all the time. I think that's the most important feature. True. Uh, to remember very cool <laughs> so y'all have created a drink for us this evening can you tell us what we are drinking in honor of Sappho yes so I created a Sappho drink it's kind of hard she's such a complex person so it's such a complex beverage um, but there's kind of two pictures of Sappho so there's like the school mistri- the school mistress who is like the very sanitized version of Sappho and then there's the kind of like whore Sappho as we like to call it and so this drink can be taken in two ways so you can have it with gin and it's like the sanitized Sappho and you can have it with rum and it's uh and it's the whore which is what I've gone with obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um and so it's uh the base spirit with passion fruit and elderflower and some Aperol and so it's got these really interesting and diff- like different flavors and it's kind of tangy and it's kind of sweet and bitter which is sort of what we're going for so that's a drink cheers cheers Cheers. (laughs) that's good so good incredible (laughs) great choice i mean i love anything with aperol in it so it's a win um wow yeah this is great and of course like normal we'll put the recipe up so everybody else can drink mm-hmm. along with Sappho mm-hmm. love it beautiful it's honored, what Sappho would have to wanted. be on your yeah. recipe board <laughs> all right so how do you guys want to start we want you to give us all the wonderful gory school mistress and whore-ish details immediately start at the very beginning Ellie at the <laughs> very beginning where... <laughs> there's a lot what do you mean at the very beginning? I think a good a good place to start is that Sappho was born about two and a half thousand years ago. So it's we're getting pretty old. So she's in the archaic period. I think she was born like five generations after Homer, if I'm remembering correctly. So she's sort of around that time period. And 
talking about Ovid. I know what you mean. I'm talking about Ovid. Thank you. That's what I meant. I got so flustered. I was like, all those men, me? all those Greek men are the same. They're just all the same to me. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So Ovid, so Homer is obviously known as a poet and Ovid called Sappho the poetess. So she was like such a big prolific figure, but yet we've kind of heard of Homer. We've heard of Ovid. We haven't heard of Sappho and it's just it's not okay. It's not yes. okay. And, um, and, Sorry, Ellie, you go. Well, so you, so we said before she's from the Isle of Lesbos, and people literally think that that's not a real place. Like if you say like the oh I live on the Isle of Lesbos, they like would obviously think you're like oh I'm a lesbian, right? And right. actually, people from the Isle of Lesbos are called lesbians, but not in the way that we think of it. Um, right. yeah. Obviously, so fun side fact: they tried to sue about it. But what, I don't all know of who lesbians? They were suing. Yeah, the yeah, Isle of Lesbos. Oh my god! <laughs> no lesbians. Lesbo- oh wow! Yes, for taking the well. For taking we their did. Name. Um, I mean, we where did... do you start? Like Rosie O'Donnell, and let's just like work your way down. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> who was in charge of that. <laughs> Rosie is I'm the just, president. I'm thinking of that. Scene, I'm thinking of that episode of Sex and the City when like Charlotte makes her lesbian friends, and then she goes to this thing, and like they're like, "Are you actually a lesbian?" Because like you need to get the fuck out if you're not. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's how the lesbians. Yeah, you know, Sex in the so. City. Yeah, it's uh, it's classically great in its representation. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> and it's funny because we did an episode on Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of the earlier comics were set like in the Isle of Lesbos. So yes. it's very hmm. cool that like her that, catchphrase is "Suffering Sappho." Oh, ah, I love that. There we go. Because I also wonder if bisexual icon. Yes. Yeah. True. I also wonder if that's maybe one of the reasons people think it's not real mm. is because it's associated with Wonder Woman. I don't know. That's probably true. Well, that's yeah. and that's sort of the interesting thing about Sappho. Like I said before, like she's a real person. She she lived. She wrote poetry. She was one of the best poets of all time. People would cover her like, and also in her time, her poems were performed as songs. And so basically, like you'd be at a party. And someone would be like, oh, can you just play a Sappho? And someone would like, <laughs> someone would know it. It's like literally like a Taylor Swift or a Lady Gaga. Like she was the most popular singer, songwriter of her time to the point where like, that's why we still have some of her work. Because like she was the first female poet in West- in the Western tradition. Mm-hmm. And her work has been continuously passed down, found on papyrus like we were talking about earlier um and found in fragments and that's a big thing that people talk about with Sappho um is that her poetry is fragmented and what that means is like they find small chunks of Sappho in archaeological digs in mummy cartonage so that's like controversial on like if you like people would wrap wrap mummies in in just like tax receipts or school books like anything they could find it's paper mache basically that's and then so people can find parts of sappho's poetry on mummies and stuff like that Um, i have a new death wish i know (laughs) (laughs) i want to be be... wrapped in sappho there no taylor swift lyrics lyrics lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) like in the way that you would like go and write down taylor swift lyrics on like a piece of paper and like i don't know go 
sing it in your backyard yeah. I mean Ellie and I would um <laughs> you like you just put it on the back of a grocery list and so this is the way that her work has continued like it's none of it is from her hand it's all just people just copying out her work over time it's amazing yeah I feel like that almost makes her like also like one of the first like celebrities exactly like I feel yeah. like that's what we do as celebrities that's so cool yes she truly was a <laughs> <You> celebrity <laughs> she truly was in her time like and it's it is like I think the reason we don't talk about her in history class, well, there was a few reasons, but like one, she's a woman. Two, most of her poetry is about other women. So when you're like teaching high school literature, most people aren't like, oh, let's talk about a lesbian poet. Right. <laughs> Even though like if you read her poetry, it's it's truly like universal. Even mm. though like, She's writing about longing and eros, mm-hmm. which is like the Greek word for desire. Um, so it's it's the poetry is gorgeous, but we just don't talk about it because it's taboo. Yeah. yeah, and sexism. Yeah, these are my favorite things. Yeah. But and re- and in terms of the fragments, we really only have one full poem. So we have one full poem, which is fragment number one, Ode to Aphrodite. Oh, yeah. Do you have so. actually? Do you have it, Lisa? Can we read it? Do you want it? me to read the whole? Yeah, we'll just read some part? of it because I feel like you can't talk about Sappho without reading Sappho to really understand. I feel like do you want to do? I feel like Ode to Aphrodite is a two-person game, or we could just do Fragment Thirty-One or Fragment Sixteen. Let's do yeah. Do another fragment. The Zegaya. Do another fragment just to <laughs> just just so you can see what I'm talking about. I'm also this is uh, as Ellie knows one of my like biggest. Um, Yes, is reading poetry. It's something I've, and then I, yeah, I started a poetry podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay. One time are. we tried to recite Audre Lorde, and it, remember when oh, we yeah. were trying to oh, quote yeah. Audre Lorde, no. and we just sounded like idiots. Yeah, we were so bad at it. <laughs> cool. So, with that in we're mind, on the same here page. I go, sounding yeah. like an idiot. So, this is the Carson translation. So, there are a bunch of different translations, and that's a whole episode or two of the podcast. So, uh, but Carson's one of the more famous ones. Um, so this is from the perspective of Sappho. She's looking at a woman that she desires who is talking to a man. And so it says, He seems to me equal to gods, that man, whoever he is, who opposite you sits and listens close to your sweet speaking and lovely laughing. Oh, it puts the heart in my chest on wings. For when I look at you, even a moment, no speaking is left in me. No, tongue breaks and thin fire is racing under skin. And in eyes, no sight, and drumming fills ears. And cold sweat holds me, and shaking grips me, all greener than grass. I am dead, or almost, I seem to me. But all is to be dead, because even a person of poverty. And then it ends. that's the end of what we have. <laughs> oh. well, so she's explaining the feeling of, like, je- desire. Yeah, jealousy <laughs> of your love talking to a man. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, and I feel like you can totally get that feeling. Like, I feel like everybody knows what it feels like to, like, be looking at this person and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, all I want to do is be with this person. And, like, it literally makes you feel sick. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, like, one of the things she's describing, like, just, like, these actual physical, like, responses to desire it's, yeah, it's really a very great. guttural feeling yeah it, it was written two and a half thousand years ago and so there's something really beautiful about that about like it's so present now like you can read it now and you're like oh wow i totally know that feeling and she's so long ago it's just it's wild to me yeah, yeah. we've had a lot of people come on the show and just say like 
things of like Sappho taught us how to love, like teaches us how to express our feelings. Like she's mm-hmm. one of the first poets to really express feelings in poetry. Like before mm. her, it was a lot of um, guns like, and yeah, ships. G- guns, and ships, war. Horses. <laughs> the Odyssey. War. Oh, okay. I get you. Yes. I never really thought about like poetry evolving like that. I always mm. thought it was always very like rooted in like, I don't know, self-expression. So it's, I forget that it was more of like an instrument of like storytelling. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Cause like, what did Cersei have? Like two lines in the Odyssey? Yeah. How long was her story? <laughs> yeah. And then she turned a man into a pig. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. But Sappho was like, eh, I don't really care about this narrative. Like really what yeah. I care about is like the intense feelings I have in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Which cool. is like so gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's, I mean, that's her poetry, but there's also a lot of other things. Lisa, do you want to talk about her, who people think she was like as a person? Because there's, there's many like myths of Sappho, quote unquote. Yeah. And so it's really hard to sort of get a sense of who she is. So we have her poetry, but obviously, and I think the way that Elise put it, which I think works very well is, you know, you get Taylor Swift writing her songs, right? And they're biographical but they're kind of you know sometimes a little bit embellished or writing from someone else's perspective so whilst we think she's always writing about her we aren't sure so we think she had a daughter called Cleus but it could have also been her lover because we don't know um she definitely had three brothers um she had a husband according to some myths and his name was i think it's kirkulus of andros i can't find yes it, it definitely down. is kirkulus of andros kirkulus and what does that andros? what does that mean lisa <laughs> it means dick of man island <laughs> <laughs> and so we think that might be a joke <laughs> gotta be I a was joke gonna say it sounds like yeah i got a husband dick of man island you know what i mean <laughs> exactly <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And so, either a joke or that was just her nickname for him because she hated him so much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm. I'm just imagining like Gaston and like that would be like a nickname <laughs> Belle would give to Gaston. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Dick oh, of more so than good. just this provincial life. Yes. Am I right? <laughs> yes. You are correct. But yeah, so that's, I can can also totally see it like as if someone asked her and she had to like make up something on the spot. Like, yes, I have a (laughs) Of course I do. (laughs) His name is Dick and he lives on Man Island. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's definitely real. That's a lie. (laughs) So that's, yeah, that's why uh, some scholars like to talk about that. Like, oh, she did have a husband and other scholars are just like... (laughs) Clearly, that's not correct. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> and so she definitely like had a few girlfriends that she writes about in her poems. So the main ones are um, Anactoria, Atis, and Gongola. And if you want to have a laugh, we made a video. <laughs> A ridiculous We made a video. song and a video where we wore togas and dressed up as Sappho's girlfriends. <laughs> Perfect. And, and I had an accidental nip slip, so enjoy that <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's covered. It's covered by a liar, but still. Yeah. <laughs> 
I feel like if they make the live action Hercules, they should just make Sappho's girlfriends like the muses. Right? Yes. <laughs> I feel like that would be perfect. Yeah, I just perfect. think they need like an L word on the Isle of Lesbos. And we've decided, I don't know if you've ever seen the L word, but for your listeners who have, if you haven't, it's just, it would be so great. Just like all these women on an island with all their gay drama. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Well, it's perfect. Sappho had three girlfriends and I'm pretty sure they overlapped. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's not, yeah, it wasn't, like, monogamy. Holly, icon, Sappho. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and so this is sort of, like, so her whole history has been erased over time. And so throughout different times, you know, there has been times in history when men have said, she can't be a woman. Women can't write poetry. She's a man, obviously. Sappho's a man. Um, and certainly Wait, a lot also of erasure. I'm crying like oh a man wrote under a pen name of a woman yeah that seems reasonable <laughs> yeah <laughs> that happened yeah <laughs> what oh, but sorry continue <laughs> sorry it's okay I just like I can't even think because it's just it's just such a scream um but and then also over time they've erased her uh, homosexuality or well we don't want to use that term because this term didn't exist in ancient Greece they erased her same-sex attraction. Um, just go to any of corner of the internet and you'll have a million like bisexuals and lesbians fighting over Sappho's sexuality, <laughs> and it, she's neither. These, those terms didn't exist. Lesbian was literally named for her, so she yeah. certainly did not identify as a lesbian, except that she was from Lesbos. <laughs> but um, she had same-sex attraction to women, and many of the people who kind of found and who uh, and who translated her work didn't i guess clock the women part and so they they used men in the place of women where the female what's the word ellie the female oh, um, like like the conjunction right that's mm. the word like yes. spe- specific <laughs> words we talked to diane rayer who's one of the, like the best sappho translators and she said like the poem that lisa read right or was it the other was yeah. it another one? Oh, it was um it was the overcome with uh, oh, long- yeah, it says one. overcome mm. with longing for a, and the word in Greek is like child, but like child meaning like teenager, like adolescent, mm. right? So mm. the word is adolescent and it could either go male or female, like it's a gender neutral word, but later in it, the verb uses female or like, and she was the first person to pick up on it. And this. she's the hmm. first person to find, to be like, oh, this this makes sense and translate it that way. So people translated Sappho for years as longing for a boy. And like Diane found this and was like, no, it definitely is longing for a girl. Right. Wow. So it would be like in using Spanish where you say like, ella nina instead of like el nino like yes. it is mm. like the female mm. forms of the word yes. that she's finding throughout the poetry yes exactly yeah. yeah and i think the other thing is like obviously her work was translated a lot by men and uh bef- in the before time so what's the reason why carson's book is so in the before times is, is that what you said in the before, <laughs> in the before time the before times that's that what we day. call before covid <laughs> yeah before times, before times. <laughs> In earlier times, before Carson came out with this book, which, like, the Carson book actually has all the Greek, and you can see all the gaps. Uh, But before this kind of translation, what used to happen is men, mostly men, used to translate her work, and then when there was a gap, they just made it up. So they're like, I think Sappho said this. And you're like, what? You know that. I think there's a word for that. It's called mansplaining. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And so you'd get these poems, and they never had any, like, 
there was never any explanation. It wasn't in Greek. So you're sort of taking a word for it that these are the words of Sappho and they 100% weren't. Like there's so many gaps. And so these men would be like, oh, I think this is what she says. Uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, there's it's... a history of people filling, of men filling the gaps for Sappho. Yes. Um, <laughs> in, her po- in her poetry and also, like Lisa said, in, in her, their writing of history. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I think this is Ovid, right, who wrote about her throwing herself off a cliff? I think it was Ovid, yeah. So, yeah, there's this whole there's this whole myth that some people say is true where she threw herself off of a cliff because this young ferryman didn't love her i believe yeah um and so some people have taken that as truth of sappho had this love affair with this ferryman and then she killed herself throwing herself off of a cliff because he didn't love her back um but more what what I think and what some other scholars think is that it was completely like mythologized of just like men, even after Sappho was gone, trying to rewrite her as this comedic figure, mm-hmm. as like this boy crazy woman because they couldn't. She just hadn't found the right man yeah. yet, Ellie. Yeah. I think that was the implication. <laughs> That's the implication. That, like she met Phaon and like that was. That was it. She just needed the right date. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's how it is, right, Ellie? You just haven't found the exactly. right, right yeah. date. Yet. I mean, yeah. I know it because Sappho. If it, if it worked for Sappho, it has to work for me, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it also kind of... <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like what pop culture did for so long they had the term like you know kill your gaze where like it's like just easier to like to just get rid of the character than mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. deal with their sexuality so it's like she jumped off a cliff and that's all we need to talk about yep. like that's yep. it that's and it, it was definitely for a man and yep. it definitely happened yep. she was absolutely and- straight yes I'm not sure. I'm like, I'm not sure how we've already gone like pretty hard. I'm like, I'm not sure how dirty we can get on this podcast. Oh, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, there's there's also like this is, I think, what I was gonna say. All right, do you want to say it, Lisa? (laughs) The the oh, you say it so much more politely. Oh yes. Then there also are these rumors that um, she was a lover of fellatio. She like was Uh, very very good at giving fellatio. <laughs> I don't. I know. Yes, blowjobs. I love that you couldn't get through without giggling. I <laughs> but that literally, people wrote that about her that she was very wow. good at giving blowjobs and she loved them. And it's just it's the classic like yeah. you don't like me, therefore you're a whore. Yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. the same thing you get like at a bar. You guys like, can I have your number? You're like, I'm not interested. And they're like, fuck you, slut. And right. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's well, the, the rumor, yeah, yeah, the it's rumor that spread years. around your high school. Mm-hmm. Like, well, she wouldn't have sex with <laughs> yep. me in my car, so yeah, yep. <laughs> no, I just didn't say shit about her. Yeah, exactly. So it's written all over the aqueducts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say, but it's been happening for at least two and a half thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess humanity's doomed, <laughs> and I'm sure more. Yeah. Yeah. So the wait, earliest did documentation she... of it. Yeah. <laughs> did she take her own life? Do we know like what happened or do we like what happened? We don't, we don't, we don't know. Okay. know. We have no, okay. Okay. But, okay. no well, idea. Well, there are a few like guesses. Some people okay. think that she did just passive natural causes when she, on what there was an island and I can't remember the name of it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think the only island I know of is the Cliff Island and I honestly mm. couldn't 
tell you the name of it. Malta. Um, Cyprus. There's definitely Sicily. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Just shout out Greek names. Um, It definitely, like, there is a, um, there is, like, a plaque. Because one of our listeners wrote in and said that they lived on that island. And that's how they knew who Sappho was. Oh, that's so There's a plaque where she theoretically threw herself off the cliff for Phaon. And it's not on Lesbos. It's somewhere else. Okay. But we still don't really know she was exiled to Sicily, so you're not wrong. <laughs> but we don't know what happened to her really after that. So, do we know why she got exiled, or were they just like done it with was it? Just political reasons. Okay. She was um, sorry, I had <laughs> I had a piece of passion fruit at the bottom. Of my head. <laughs> was it good? Was it was it successful? <laughs> Are you happy with the passion fruit? <laughs> <laughs> um. Her family was like a really wealthy family. I think that they got exiled because of political reasons. So I don't think it had anything to do with her specifically. But it was just like, it was a turbulent political time. Mm. And I know none of us know anything about that. No, I've never lived through one of those. (laughs) (laughs) We know nothing about it. And then there also are like, there are other myths of Sappho or like versions of Sappho, right? So either she's, hypersexualized or she's sanitized and people think that she was a school teacher like and she would teach she was talking about all these young girls like they were her students she would just she would teach them and she had a professional student teacher relationship with them which we're not sure if that's true either but that's another yeah. like interpretation of people trying to figure out why did Sappho why did Sappho surround herself with women <laughs> oh she was teaching them yeah she was probably teaching them something that must I don't be know, it but... yeah she's just really good at pathology yeah <laughs> loves teaching yes it's funny though because it's like saying school teacher versus like back then I feel like the teachers were philosophers Mm -hmm. right like they would sit like people like Socrates like on a rock and they would be considered a teacher but they were like highly respected and it sounds like they're using it more as like she's a female babysitter like she's caring for them which is funny because they did that even though this person is fictional they did that to Betty Boop she worked in a bar and was like super individual and her yep. own person. And then the Hayes Act happened and they made her a teacher. Yeah. And like a nurse and like all the jobs that you would think this is a woman's job. Mm-hmm. And then they like took away her independence when they changed the, I don't know. I listened to that episode recently. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty accurate. Betty yeah. Boop and Sappho dealing with the same <laughs> shit. Yeah. Well, Sappho was also an inventor. And um, Ellie, do you want to talk about the very gay invention of Sappho? Oh, yes. So Sappho invented the plectrum, which is really just the Greek word for a pick. So like you would play your guitar with a pick because lesbians, I don't know if you know this, but we can't have nails. (laughs) We have to trim them. Um, And so Sappho had reasons. If you played the lyre, you usually play them with long nails. That's how you play the lyre. But the way that Sappho could have short nails was that she invented this plectrum, this pick huh. to play her lyre so she could cut her nails. That's what oh we gosh. think. That's what we think. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right to me. Right? Sounds right. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why. That's why. All signs point towards yes. Yeah. <laughs> no scratching necessary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it is pretty cool that she invented like the pick, which like any most people who play guitar use a pick. And Sappho yeah. like created it she was the first 
That's so cool. So how do we know this? Like, what kind of sources do you guys use? I know you have like the book that you're talking about, but like, what, like, how do we know these types of things about her? How do we know Lisa? <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, we have some. <laughs> we, we actually, we have interviewed some of the world's leading experts in Sappho. So mm-hmm. we've been incredibly fortunate. Um, I mean, we have a whole three-part series on papyrus. Actually, I think kind of it's almost four because we have a whole episode just about papyrus and what they are and where they come from. So we have like basically in is it in Alexandria in mm-hmm. in Egypt, it's like the only place in the world where there's not any like it's like completely dry. And so basically like any pieces of paper or potsher or whatever that have been thrown out over the years, they're just all like there like basically pretty much preserved and so that's where we find most of the information so the main sort of like biographical information comes from like ancient accounts on these sort of things and like vase paintings and and that sort of stuff um the suda which is like a 10th century byzantine encyclopedia um, and so that's actually really interesting because they have sort of like one page with like her biographical information and then they have one page that's intentionally left completely blank which sort of represents the kind of gaps we have because most of her poetry was destroyed um and so then and then the poetry itself so like i mean we have information about the historical context she lives in but a lot of the information we have about her is from her poems Hmm. and the poems Um, of other people like the poem of ovid like the poems of other people hmm. talking about her yeah now do these experts get really excited that all you want to talk about is Sappho because like I'm sure it's something that a lot of people study but it's kind of a niche thing like (laughs) the papyrology people are like our biggest fans (laughs) like truthfully it's so cute because they all tweet about us that's so great and we love them so much they are well because they're so passionate too like it is it is it is super niche right but it's very cool to see these people talk about it because like nobody wants to talk to them about it, which first of all, <laughs> we should. Um, yeah. But like nobody reaches out to them because we're not taught about Sappho like as a s- systemically, mm-hmm. but they get so excited because they've dedicated their whole lives to this. And like right. they dedicate their whole lives because she's pretty freaking cool. And then like someone wants to talk to them, like they're very happy. Like Diane Rayer, who we are obsessed with, she literally said in one of her interviews, she's like, translating Sappho is the most important thing in my life. And she was like, it's my wor- life's work, my life's calling. Oh, and I have a son. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, oh my God. Like, she loves Sappho so That's much. Great. She was like, oh, my son too, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think that she's the only speaker who has said that, actually. I think someone else has said that. It just cracks me up. But I mean, Sappho is, pr- it's, the coolest thing about Sappho, and I know obviously, like, I feel like we're giving some information, but we, like, we don't have a lot. And mm-hmm. so, like, those small pieces that we do have, it's just so fun to, like, dig into them and be like, well, okay, well, why don't we have them? Or, like, where, what can we sort of piece together? It's, it's just, like, the, the gaps in her history, in her poetry, are honestly some of the most, like, interesting things. Yeah. Well, because we just had an experience with that. We um, covered Lagatha, the the Viking warrior person, you know, woman who's, like, awesome. It's coming out Thursday. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like, the problem is that, like, you know, 
science and things like that and research have been so historically misogynistic that like they would literally find remains and be like, well, it's definitely a man mm-hmm. because he was buried with, you know, like a horse and a chariot or whatever. And then people like people are DNA testing the bones. Like that's a woman. Like, why can't we just ask that? Qu- or like, you know, dive a little deeper. Yeah. Like, well, and it was two, it was two females two female who scientists. were like, I think this looks like a female pelvic bone. And then yeah. they're like, why don't we test it yeah and see which is the same as you're saying about yep. the translation yeah it took a female reading it and being like oh no wait yeah yeah like, that's <laughs> and everyone word. else was like oh no it looks fine how it is and you're like, right exactly <laughs> because if the status quo benefits you then like you know why not just keep going with it <laughs> we all know gays didn't exist yeah because yeah. <laughs> i feel like also like you know the scientific research world is also a really hard place to get anyone to change their mind mm-hmm. because it's like well no but that's a fact and it's like yeah but <laughs> every couple hundred years we should probably re-examine these facts you know yeah, absolutely <laughs> Yes. Um, we had this papyrologist from Italy come on called Roberta Mazza, and she just had the best takes on this. <laughs> she was like, every Sappho fragment was found by a fucking man. She like screams in this like massive Italian accent. And then she was like, and they're boring. She's like, they're just doing the same thing they've been doing for hundreds of years, and it's not even interesting. It's just boring. And we're just like, that's the best take yeah. I ever heard. <laughs> I'm like sort of in love with her. It's fine. Yeah. She's so <laughs> incredible. Well, she discovered this whole like papyrology scandal because she was bored because she was staying with her mom during COVID in Italy. I know. I mean, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go be an eBay detective. Like, what? Should we tell them about this, about the scandal, even like a little bit? We've we'll been tell you a little bit about this. Yeah, it. please I do. Like <laughs> Definitely we just tease couldn't... it so yeah. people come to you. Yes, exactly. Please, because it's so, it's like, wild. we were going to do one episode on it and we are now done three episodes on it. It is just so complicated and wild so we can give you broad brush but like not too much info do you want to go oh you early? want me to broad brush it all right i'll broad brush it oh do you want me to broad brush it <laughs> no no this is a new thing that we, we're all broad brushing here um yes i can i can give a little snippet i also want to say this is all alleged but oh, there's yes. a lot of like the atlantic has covered it um a lot of papyrologists like we talked to have been have done a pretty deep dive into it but basically there was a new Sappho fragment discovered very very recently by a papyrologist named hello everyone special announcement here I've cut this portion of the podcast because we cannot say this papyrologist's name their crimes are alleged and they have not been convicted enjoy listening to the rest of this story so this papyrologist Sold these these Sappho fragments allegedly, allegedly um, to the Greens who own the um, Museum of the Bible Hobby Lobby. and Hobby Lobby. So they are only- and these <laughs> yes yes I mean, there's something weird about that place exactly <laughs> and these um these fragments are on like papyrus yes okay okay yes okay okay so they found that found them sold them to the Greens and there's this whole thing where basically when you find a fragment when you find anything in papyrology you have to confirm where it came from because if you don't confirm where it came from it very well could have been found illegally 
Oh. Um, so looted or um, taken illegally out of Egypt. Yeah. So or, like there's heaps of different ways. Yeah. You're so not this allowed, is like yeah. Indiana Jones. That should go in a museum. Yes. Like that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. 100%. Mm-hmm. So you're not allowed to take papyrus out of Egypt since. Oh, uh, it's like the early 2000s. No, 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 no. It's not. It's the 1970s yeah. maybe or 1980s. It's like more recent than it should be yeah <laughs> i feel like it's the 1970s because they like are egyptian artifacts right so mm-hmm. people have been taking them out of egypt but they're like colonialism colonialists taking them out. yeah of they egypt. got tired yeah. of the british taking their yes. shit yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so there's this whole thing where you're not supposed to take it out of egypt basically long story short this sappho fragment and a few of the other bible fragments that this papyrologist who shall not be named um found we he never told us where they well he told three different stories of where they were three different Mm. stories that have all been either disproven or proven to be sketchy to say the least Mm. um and so now he also we should say works at one of the biggest collections of papy like of papyrus in the world affiliated with a very you know prominent university yes. and he was running the entire papyrology department and there were things that were taken out of the catalog that were found in the backup <gasps> catalog that maybe he didn't know existed yes so he basically was trying and he was making money off of this so he's stealing from i mean allegedly allegedly <laughs> sorry i'm so worried allegedly <laughs> stealing from this very prominent university and selling these very like cla- very important fragments of Sappho and some other like early fragments of the Bible to the Greens making a lot of money on- off of it buying a castle in, <laughs> Waco, Texas. in Texas wait what yes Mm. it's bananas you just can't even like make this shit up it's so crazy and when we said roberta matza did some pretty intense investigation she like (laughs) went undercover called like called this papyrus dealer like worked like pretended to be someone else like it it could be a movie it could literally be truthfully i hope someone makes a movie one day and we like we'd already planned a sappho podcast when this all dropped like two months after we had been preparing our episodes and we were just like, what? <laughs> it is crazy. Well, so- <laughs> and in terms of like Egyptian like artifacts, right? There's a couple like massive displays in the world, right? There's one at the British Museum, right? In London. Ding, and then there's ding, one. Ding. Uh-huh. <laughs> on the head. There's one in the in New- the New York Natural History Museum. And those are the two like massive ones mm-hmm. that I've seen. But there's there, the Egyptian stuff is all over the world. It's just been constantly used in other people's museums. Yep, you are correct. Huh. Mm-hmm. huh. And the other thing about this is like the provenance story that he initially gave. Do you want to say what provenance is? Oh, provenance is like the history of where it came from. Mm-hmm. So the I thought, <laughs> I thought <we'd... laughs> anyway. So the story that he originally gave it was about. Uh, saying that they had gotten it from mummy, like from a mummy mask, basically. And there's a whole story around that as well, because basically they're taking, like, your grandma. I mean, it's great, 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 great grandma. But, like, you're taking somebody's preserved body, like, somebody's dead. And, like, they're they're kind of, like, 
trying to take the pieces of paper off because then they'll find something that they deem valuable and so it's this whole story of like what do we deem valuable like mm-hmm. is grave digging okay because that's what you're doing mm-hmm. and so like there's a whole conversation around that as well it's so it's lot. just like such an interesting sidebar it's so good wow. allegedly mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just add Alleged. one more allegedly in Alleged. There. just in case <laughs> And guys, so it was Essex Community College. Yeah. That, that was the university. Yes, it's very exactly. prestigious. Yes, good, good. <laughs> I, to be honest, like when I first like looked up your show, I was like, wow, like an entire podcast about this person. Like how much could there be? And there is so much. There's I'm like a lot. really shocked. There is a lot. <laughs> we truthfully, like, I just don't even know. It's so hard because, like, I'm looking at these. It, it's just the story because we have so few pieces, but there's so much information on those pieces. It's so hard to know what to tell you to, like, give you an overview. Yeah. You know? That's just, it's such a deep topic. So we're all over the place. Elisa's <laughs> going to listen to this and be like. No, she'll love no, it. No, she'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think I think it's the best way to draw people in by spattering around. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody rate and review them. Yes. Go subscribe, rate, review. Yeah. Um, what are like, what would you say are like maybe like your top five, like jointly, your top five things that you like love about Sappho or that you've learned that you're like, I cannot get over this. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, we've said a few of them, question. but let me say like top I guess top three um, and then you can do two. How about that, Lisa? Or you can do three and that I can do great. two. I don't, no, don't want to take all three. But... Or it can be six. We it can, can split. Six. Yeah, it can yeah. be six. <laughs> um, my number one is what we talked about before of like making Sappho into a movie. The fact that she had three girlfriends, I'm like, this woman was an icon. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> number two, um, the fact that she was a musician is really cool to me. Um, because I am also a musician, but also like the fact that she's a musician and she's one of the first people to ever like write about their feelings. And I feel like, I mean, like you were saying, everyone associates poetry with your feelings now. Mm -hmm. And she was really one of the first people in the Western, in the Western tradition to really do that Mm -hmm. and do it still so well, Mm. like that we read her now and are impacted. And three, um, I think also just like learning more about her poetry because I hadn't really read a lot before we did the podcast and every week we read a new poem and I am always floored by, I mean, obviously she's an amazing poet. That's why people talk about her. But when you hear her poetry, it just really hits you. And it, Mm -hmm. that surprised me, I guess in a way, um, but also I just think it's really cool. Yeah, I think Ellie and I are not poets. <laughs> and we're not really poetry. I wouldn't call myself a poetry person. And so I think it's funny that we ended up doing this podcast. But I've definitely learned like so much from Elise. And like I've actually gotten so much pleasure out of reading the poems and the fragments. Um, I mean, one thing that seems obvious to say is uh, she is the person who invented the term sweet bitter or bittersweet, as we would say it now. And it's about the experience of falling in love. So it's like really sweet when you fall in love. And then when it when it inevitably ends, it's bitter. And that's Mm. sort of what she's talking about. And so I think that that's beautiful. Do you remember how to say it in um, Greek? Um, Nailed it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And so that's that's beautiful. Um, 
I don't know. Like, there's just there's just so much about her. It's been really exciting for me learning about how much um, how much she's inspired. So I found like we found like an Australian playwright who wrote an entire play about Sappho called Sappho and Nine Fragments, kind of like a one woman show. Uh, we met like this Latin, like gay Latin star who did this whole icons play and like Sappho was um, one of the characters in that and he's like done a dramatic reading for us. Yeah, and, and he plays Sappho um, in drag. He plays Sappho in drag. It's so good. And then like, you know, even just as like, you know, this older people who live, you know, somewhere in America, I'm not sure where, and they spend their time, like their, their hobby is like translating Sappho's poetry themselves with music and writing like like kind of folk songs to her music and performing them and that's just the just the what she inspires in people and like the fact that we've interviewed so many people who have been so inspired by her and who dedicate their life in different ways to honoring her memory i just think it's so special and amazing so mm. it's probably mine also just the amount of people on the internet who think they know everything about <laughs> because i do our social media and also like you know i'm bisexual so like it's 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 very hard sometimes to not jump into these conversations because a lot of people will use Sappho's name to um, to dismiss like bisexual people um, or to dismiss trans transgendered people and so they will like use her name and be like but Sappho was this and I'm like we've spoken to the leading experts in Sappho like there is no way you know this yeah like, it's not <laughs> like, so it's just every day it's like me just at the keyboard like on the Sappho hashtag being like, just don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> just don't fight with these people. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's another thing too. Like how, how little we know and how like almost freeing it is to like, let yourself not know something. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like it's very hard to do right now. Yeah. Like Lisa's saying, like, all these people online know things and they know mm -hmm. them definitively. And it's been really cool to have this podcast where we don't know and we're just trying to know more, but like mm -hmm. being open to being like when someone, when we ask someone a question and they're like, actually, we don't know. And that's and fine. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 And, like, our stance on her sexuality is we don't know. Yeah. yeah. She just loved women and wrote erotic poetry, and that's dope. Yeah, we like, can talk about... all we need to know. And I think, like, in terms of sexuality, it's actually super freeing, right? Mm. Because we all, not all of us, but a lot of people in our community and the LGBTQ community want a label, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, they want to label Sappho. They want to label themselves. They want to label everyone around them. But, like, really... It, like, Sappho's just a person loving other people who happen to be women. She would not have, like, been super, like, gung-ho about identity, like, politics. She just, like, loved other women and, like, wanted to write about it. And mm. that's cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And I think it's a great base for poetry of just, like... I'm having all these feelings and I don't feel like I need to label them. So I'm just going to, I don't know, mm -hmm. just kind of put really beautiful words to it. Because and then we chose her island yeah. to label people. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then we literally used her. Yes, the same sapphic is The label hers. of all labels. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, we, t we took everything she would hate. Yeah. We were like, yep, let's do it. <laughs> it seems, that seems correct. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Tie it in a bell. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, crazy. So true. Oh. Well, I just feel like I've learned so much. Yeah. Thank you for talking to us. I am just really intrigued now, and I can't wait to listen to those episodes about yeah. the scandal. Yes, <laughs> I'm definitely scandal. intrigued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the alleged scandal. Yeah, yes. alleged, the alleged scandal. scandal. I'm sorry. Alleged. It's alleged. Um, so we, we always finish with a toast. Mm-hmm. So I'd like us each to think of something or someone in your story that we can toast to or cheers to. Um, so do, do you want me to go first since I already thought of one? Sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to toast to the mummies who have had mm-hmm. their wrapping taken off uh, because yes. I feel like that's really sad if that was like your, you know, your wish after death and especially like the, um, Egyptian beliefs on death. Like, I feel like that's really messed up to take away that from them. So um, cheers, cheers to those mummies. To mummies. Cheers. cheers to the mummies. All right. Um, I'm going to toast someone that's probably not named. I'm going to toast the first person that Sappho kissed because I'm sure that it was a delightful experience that ended in some beautiful poetry. Um, So whoever was it bittersweet? I'm sure it was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just I'm sure that Sappho loved very greatly. Um, Mm. So I'm sure the first person that she fell in love with it was something really beautiful. So. Cheers to them. Cheers. I love that. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to toast to Kirk Lissavandros. Damn it. I was going to toast him. We're on the same record. The OG of Big Dick Energy. Yep. <laughs> Dick Johnson of Man Island. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Oh, now I have to think of another one. You should cheers to one of. Oh, you know what? I'm going to cheers to Fayon, the man who finally turned Sappho. <laughs> cheers to Fayon. And I'm going to cheers again <laughs> to all three of Sappho's girlfriends. Yes. yes. Oh my God. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, uh, well, this has been lovely. Why don't so you tell fun. everybody who's listening again where they can find you on all your socials on you know web pages on apple podcasts wherever they can find you you can find us at sweet bitter pod anywhere on socials and you can if you just look up sweet bitter a sappho podcast you will find us on all podcasting apps all yes right. and we also have a website sweetbitterpodcast.com and we put up all of the ancient greek on there too for the poetry so it's kind of cool it's also just a beautiful website. I just want to it applaud is. whoever yeah. designed it because it's really beautiful. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I designed ours and it's shit. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I did, however, and I'll send you this picture. Every year for Women's History Month, I do pictures of my daughter like side by side with famous women like every day. And like two years ago, Eliza was Sappho. So yeah. I'll have to send you that picture. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are we allowed to share it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, precious. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, there it's that. uh it's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> I but I do also like Sappho more than my kids, so yeah. <laughs> throw that. Out. Yeah, yeah. You've been 
listening to Her Story on the Rocks. We are independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. If there's a woman in history you would like us to cover, you can email us at herstoryontherocks at gmail.com. You can also message us on Twitter or Instagram. We post all of our cocktail recipes on Tuesdays so that you can go get all the supplies you need and drink along with us. See you next week. Bye.